Family meeting. Welcome to Family Meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We're back. We're back. Hey! How about it? What's up, everybody? <laughs> Boy, what a time yeah. we have had. We've had a long time, uh, but, you know, that's we're back. We startled yeah. even ourselves. We're like, wait a minute. We could podcast today. I had this plan yesterday. I just didn't tell you about it because I didn't want you to get all surly. <laughs> yes. So it was Ke- certainly Kelly it was the motivating factor. Uh, we had actually, we recorded like a random just us talking about things podcast. That's true. Which I guess we could still post. Oh, right. I forgot how we never actually posted Yeah, we never that. posted it. It just oh, felt yeah. really cathartic to do. <laughs> it did. It'll be a little dated because we did it. And right. right when we did it was when Tom's father passed away. Right. Which thanks to everybody for mm-hmm. saying nice stuff to us. Sure. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and we're sorry it's taken us so fucking long. Yeah. To get back on this horse. But we needed the break. You know, I mean, Downton nearly killed us. <laughs> <laughs> That's overstating it, but man. I mean, we literally just said how your dad is dead. So. <laughs> right. Now, granted, I generally... I was hanging out with a friend last night who said something about, oh, blah, blah, you know... It was something about death that was funny. But then he like <laughs> he caught himself like halfway through and was yeah. like, ah and I was like, You can just say it, dude. Like yeah, that's... humor remains. Right. It's really all we have. <laughs> yeah. Uh so anyway. All right. On that note, mm-hmm. Peaky Blinders <laughs> It's back, bitches. Speaking of death. Oh man. Okay. So yeah. a couple housekeeping notes about this. So right. we got on Netflix to watch it mm-hmm. and still list Sam Neill. In the, uh, the. Like, series cast or Yeah, whatever. and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? How the fuck is this dude still alive? I've actually been alive for centuries. Christ. Um, anyway, and then I was like, 18 episodes? But then I realized that was for the whole series. Right. Not just, uh. I can never be killed. Or happy. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, so Sam Neill is dead. Uh, now we know of. Long live Sam Neill. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he, he's a cooking of something up. <laughs> he could come back, as we were discussing, as a zombie. Mm-hmm. Brines. Brines. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> it's dropped an octave or two since we last did this. <laughs> Christ. Christ. It's hard. So, yeah. Uh, he will live on in us perpetually saying grace in his voice. Yeah, because bad news, Amber. Well, let's <laughs> get right, into so this. Let's, okay. So, yeah, I'm, we started, and then before we actually click play on the episode, I was like, so what happened last season? Oh, right. And he yeah. mainly went over the last episode. I was like, they're at that race <laughs> that was like Royal Ascot, but for like lesser toffs. Right. And uh, um, I believe it was Cheltenham. Cheltenham. And like they were like busting up the bookies there. Oh yeah, but they're like, also, hey, you're but all bookies also, now. But also, Tommy or? was there to kill that guy and uh, the lady with his horse. Yeah, uh, Grace's secret. That is such a played out new Jack name for a horse. Yeah, like Grace's secret wasn't even any good. <laughs> right. As I... a horse or a secret. <laughs> the horse of the secret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the world's worst spy. Yeah. That's quite a secret. <laughs> um, 
anyway they were yeah. there he killed that guy then and then like then Polly killed sam neil right and then those northern irish thugs that sam neil had hired kidnapped tommy and took him out to that field and then he was like in the bleak midway <laughs> right and then somebody else killed those other two guys i yeah. mean it was one of the three guys right but he was uh... he was like mess our charge child will be in touch shardley <laughs> Maybe he's the new Sam Neil. <laughs> there it is, because I got it there. I was like, "Oh, there's my Sam Neil." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I forgot that it was all nasal. <laughs> anyway, that's the yeah. Sh- well, and then he came back with Michael, right? And his long lost nephew, and was like, "I'm going to get married." Wasn't it some like weird like phone booth that somebody was killed in, or where Sam Neil was killed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then, then, yeah, I do remember. Well, yeah, so. <laughs> So what did I just go through all that for? <laughs> well, I remember parts of it. And they're in a bar that time, but nobody else was in the bar. Anyway. <laughs> so this is... and then You after can't we see went, my face, cousins, <laughs> but... Well, and then after we go all through all... After we go through all this and start the episode, it opens up with the climactic scene from last season. So they knew that we would have forgotten. Did he say before all that stuff about, oh, there's a woman that I love, like... I didn't remember that. I think he did. Oh, did I think he, he did. What a yeah. little bitch. <laughs> That's not what Peaky Blinders is about. It's not about love. It's uh, about lying to people. And no one's strangling Ada for no good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking it's, Ada. Yeah. It's also about Tommy Shelby seeking relationships for some reason. I don't know. Uh, he's aromantic. Like, yeah. As in not romantic. Right. Like asexual. But mm-hmm. Yes. He's perfectly sexual, mm-hmm. as we've seen. And thank God for it. Yeah. We all appreciate that. Um, anyway, so we kick it off. Yeah. yeah. Take it away. We've got that scene. And then two years later, and we are in a fancy church. O-M-G. Yeah. Like super fancy. It's, so it's 1922? This is now 1924. The, it's, the first date it put on screen was 1922, but that was the... Oh. Okay. And then it says two years later. I see how we got here. Yeah. Uh, so the children's choir is singing in the bleak midwinter. As much as I enjoy the musical choices of this show, they're always so on the nose. <laughs> they're very on the nose, yes. And then the... Thanks, min- Steve Knight! <laughs> the minister walks into the church, <gasps> and it is Jeremiah. Jeremiah! Yeah. Their preacher friend, mm-hmm. he apparently can do weddings for the church of... Well, actually, I guess it's a Catholic wedding. Is it? Well, Tommy's Catholic. That's true. I can't see any reason he'd let Grace muddy up things with her Protestantism. Yeah, it, well, it didn't seem very Catholic, but then I don't know what an English Catholic wedding would be like. You know, that could be a different sort of feel. Yeah. In any case, uh, you know, whatever Jeremiah's denomination, that's it's the denomination. It's also 1924. Yeah. So I think that might be your bigger issue. I think that's part of it. In any case... I mean, Jeremiah can't be a priest. He's got a son. Um, Look, man, you know what? The Peaky Blinders play by their own rules. <laughs> None. That's true. It is. <laughs> it's their town. If they decided he was a priest, I guess they could make that happen. Yep. Uh, anyway, all the snobs who are in attendance are like, all their monocles pop out There's, when Jeremiah walks there in. There is like a super great shot of like the most offended white person. <laughs> yeah. And he just is like, he's as racist as most of your friends wish they could be. You know what I mean? He's just aghast. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, he feels that his religion has been profaned. Uh, so then we see a veiled woman riding up. Uh, a lot of suspense. Who could be under this very thick veil? The corpse bride. <laughs> uh, Survey says. 
Uh, she's being escorted by a very grumpy, uh, old, uh, uh, soldier. Is clearly an officer of some kind. And he does not seem to be thrilled about this particular I'm gunning, mission. I'm gunning for whatever the fuck her name was. Charlotte Riley. Yeah. That's who I'm gunning for. Oh, I was gunning for that the as well. Clearly the good choice. Clearly the, the one clearly that Clearly the correct choice. The connection with, uh, there was, there was a real spark there. Yeah. Um. She trained his horse. She was competent at her job, unlike Grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's Grace. Boo! <laughs> I'm so mad. I was saying boo ace. <laughs> I was so mad. Oh, I know. Why? It's uh, why does it have God. to be Grace? What is their thing with Grace? What is that they think that she's? She's bringing? a bad spy. She's all we know already. She's a terrible wife, right? Because I, she was. Remember before <laughs> she was married to a different guy. Yeah. And uh, supposedly trying to have his baby. Right. Instead, she had Tommy Shelby's baby, I assume. I Yeah, one would think. No, and it's just so... And it's not like, you know, I don't feel like she's giving this masterfully compelling performance no. that she needs to be kept around for. She looks for. a wreck. She kind of like, does. she doesn't look good. Yeah. And, like, I don't think it's Annabelle Wallace's fault. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the way that she's made up and photographed. Yeah. And, you know, potentially, therefore, you know, intended to be a Yeah, like she that. might, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, not a fan. But and what does she get out of this? I don't know. Yeah, like I know she likes to fuck Tommy Shelby, but we all like to fuck Tommy Shelby, right? So it's why we have this podcast? <laughs> that, that's actually true. Um, the podcast that wants to fuck Tommy Shelby. <laughs> so yeah, and we see Arrow House in Warwickshire, which is uh, Tommy Shelby's new place, and goddamn. It is gauche. Yeah. It is like when Scarlett O'Hara gets that house built in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it has that ridiculous portrait of her. It's like that, only they have like seven portraits like that. Yeah. No, and I don't know. I know that we never got to see it, but I'm pretty sure this is how Sir Richard Carlyle's house ended up being. I bet you're probably correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just- no, because this is one of these jumped up mm-hmm. post-war new money guys yeah. who's uh, chucking the uh, aristocracy out of their houses and i for one am for it mm-hmm. that's right uh, i don't care how gauche the paintings are so we see and it was like oh wow we still get montages of servants setting up for big parties i knew starting this podcast was a good idea <laughs> <laughs> i like these servants though because you know they're treated like actual servants of the time would have been uh-huh well yeah. and it's impressive because tommy shelby actually has a huge staff yeah like gigantic well think about it like i bet that house is like a halfway house for a lot of the like you know young people in birmingham mm-hmm. where they're like hey i want my kid to get into service mm-hmm. but they don't have a reference you know, we know your reference is only worth about 73% of a real toffs. <laughs> yeah. But, like, can you help them out? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, I mean, it would have been, you know, presumably they also had extra staff on for the wedding day. Yeah, but, but still. And, I mean, he would have been able to afford it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As we will see later. Oh, we sure will. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we get that cutting intercut with the ceremony being, uh, you know, completed as it stands. Well, and, you know, the uh, the Shelby brothers are in fine form with John in the pews, you know, when Grace arrives with her cavalry, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, escort. He says, oh, light as usual, just like the fucking Calvary. <laughs> and I'm like, John, I missed you. Yeah. Esme has a new baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, unsurprising, since right. John was married to his first wife for about five minutes, <laughs> and they had 11 million children. <laughs> That's actually the entire staff at Arrow House is just all of his children. <laughs> They'd never do that to I the know, family. I know. Um, so yeah, then there's a, there's trying to set up to take the official photo outside and Arthur runs over to like kick at some of his relatives. And Tommy's like smoking in, <laughs> in, the, in the photo. Tommy doesn't not smoke in a single scene in this, I don't <laughs> no, think. No, it's true. Like, He's smoking in the official photo and then... Arthur is yelling, take the fucking photo already, as the first picture is taken. And then in the second picture, <laughs> it's Tommy giving Arthur the side eye. <laughs> it's great. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, and so they all head back to Arrow House. Uh, we see Tommy sitting in his office in the dark alone for a moment, feeling the weight of his position as the head of this criminal enterprise. Uh, and then he heads out to the party and tells Paul that some of the guests there aren't on the list. Paul being Aunt Paul. Yeah. I uh, missed Aunt Paul. I know. She's got a new insouciant haircut. She does. That she clearly never brushes. Yeah. No, and I feel like, like me that time. I feel like she's going to be better in this season because it just is going to be her just being a bitch. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, we don't but, have to do with all that my kids business. Right. And exactly. Him coming back and her being like, don't let him in the family business, Tommy. Yeah. Because he's already in it. Yeah. It all seems pretty settled down. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. There's also a girl there who uh, is one of the rich people, and it's like, I was told on the train there'd be cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> You've damaged our servants' quarters <laughs> and our servants. Yeah, and um, Michael and Jeremiah's son, whose name... I think it's Finn. Or is Michael... <sighs> I can never remember... Okay, Jeremiah's son is named possibly Isaac or Isaiah or something. Okay. I might be making that up. That seems possible. He, Isaiah would he, make sense. He definitely has a with name. The prophet thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But whatever. They both are like, oh, you uh, want some cocaine? You eh? want some snow? Yeah. And they're like, uh, you know, you, you've come to the right place. And then Arthur's like, no. And Which like, Arthur Shelby, <laughs> unexpected voice of reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're like, but we could probably fuck her. And he's was like, it Michael? I know Finn was in this episode. But I didn't Maybe, see him once. I never know who Finn is from day to day. But I guess I just, my, no, Michael <laughs> is of an age with Jeremiah's son because they went out they, that yeah, time. And, okay. Yeah. And, like got a bar burned down or All something. All these fucking people with their fucking Irish names. <laughs> it's like going to one of our family parties. <laughs> yep. Except we never get cocaine. Yeah. So Tommy summons all the Shelby men to the kitchen, uh, including Shelby adjacent people like Johnny Dogs. But, you know, all all the characters we've come love to know Johnny and love. Love Johnny Dogs. Oh, yeah. Possibly my favorite. But Charlie's there and Curly's <laughs> there. They're, the gang's all here, The folks. gang's all there in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> Arthur gets their last, like, I'm telling you we're lost. you got to make a fucking map of this place, Tommy. <laughs> um but so Tommy tells everybody that it is their wedding day and they are all to behave and goes down a long list of vi- all the specific things that they're not allowed to do, such as fighting, gambling, horse racing, uh, you know. No fortune telling. No fortune telling. That's and I'm right. Like, it's barely even a wedding at all. <laughs> I no, thought you like, were half gypsy. I thought this was Peaky Blinders. What yeah. are we even doing here? Next thing you're going to tell me is nobody brought a fucking razor. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and. He ends by being very specific, no fighting, no fighting, no fighting, and then a servant bumps into him and he shoves him down. And breaks a glass. Yeah. <laughs> it's that classic P 
Peaky Blinders zinger. Yeah. That we've all come to know and love. Right. Because, again, the thing, thing we never saw in Downton Abbey, uh, employers just kind of physically abusing their servants. Oh, that's true. they could. And nobody yeah, could stop them. Yeah, sometimes raping them. Right. Well-ish. <laughs> Look, we can't even get in. No, no, no. We're not going to. the long to. history of sexual assaults <laughs> on Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. So Grace is sulking upstairs. Grace! Getting things off to a great start for their marriage. Uh, and Tommy comes up, tells her she's needed downstairs, but she's like, well, you tell me why you're being like this, which is, I did you not- You mean the way that he always is? Yeah. I did not see him being like anything, and she's like, oh, is, is it business or is it regret about me? And I'm like, well, both would be understandable. Yeah. And also, like, if you can't get through the first 12 hours of your marriage without thinking your husband regrets it, like, maybe you should have thought of that sooner. Right? And maybe you should have been like, let's not get married because... Well, and if he's worried about his business, you've known what his business was. Yeah. And... You spied on it. Like, as much as... Quote unquote spied. <laughs> as much as you can't change a person, you especially can't change a person who's the head of a very <laughs> lucrative criminal enterprise. Right. They are too deep to get out. Yeah. And under Winston Churchill's thumb, for yeah. God's sake. So, like, he's a criminal and a patriot. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Mm hmm. Spoiler alert, we did not get to see Churchill this episode. Oh, but man. I, I would bet he's coming. We're the gonna, good Churchill. Yeah. Not the bad Churchill <laughs> from season one. Right. The one they hit on that train. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Tommy explains that what it is is that he's scared, which she has not seen him like before, but he's used to it, and he can be scared and continue. And she's like, what are you scared of? And he's like, of Arthur's speech. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fuck. And she's like, oh, okay. And so they do. <laughs> Boy, just like our wedding night. <laughs> Not remotely. No, it wasn't. I kept throwing up because I was wearing that too tight corset. No, I know. Pro but- tip. If you're getting married, don't let your sluttiest friend lace your corset. <laughs> right. You want to enjoy your meal. Yeah. Um, you know. And as much as we enjoyed watching The Wire while you threw up, it wasn't, you know, necessarily the standard. Yeah. It wasn't what people mostly expect out of a wedding night. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Tommy and Grace, they're getting their job done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this, and I mean, it's the only explanation we're given is that she just can't get enough, uh, you know, of that Shelby dick. Like, that's the only... No, and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really. That's not a good enough reason to it's, marry someone. It's not a good enough reason. If and he had married Charlotte Riley, I'm sure she would have been fine loaning him out of a weekend. <laughs> right. And it just doesn't feel like she's, like, that she feels that way. Like, apart from the times when they're actually doing it, it doesn't... I, you know, I just she don't... She doesn't like his family. Yeah. She apparently doesn't like him that much. I know. I don't see this as a solid basis for a partnership. Yeah. No stars. Would not marry again. <laughs> uh, down at the uh, dinner table. Uh-oh. John tells a joke. He says, what kind of animal has a prick halfway up its back? A cavalry horse. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, he oh, gets wait, it. I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That is a good I one. I am so bad at getting jokes. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. You are a professional. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that alt comedy shit. Oh, right. Yeah. Street jokes are hard. <laughs> they are. Um, 
Stand up is hard. <laughs> Stand up is easy. Street jokes are harder. Get it, Alexander. That's a pun from your commander. <laughs> uh, anyway, Arthur goes to check on Tommy. Meanwhile, Ada is describing to some of the snobs uh, what her uh, little meetings are all about. And it's, 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 it's like cute, kind of. She's like, oh, they're not these dirty little meetings. They're, you know, we get together, we discuss the governance of our, of our country and blah, blah, blah. And Fucking Ada. Yeah. I will say the, this is one of the less aghast reaction shots from snobs in the whole episode. That's they, true. They are like, well, you're, you're giving it an articulate explanation of your point of view. Like, yeah. we're, we're accepting I this. I mean, look, I know I keep saying fucking Ada, but she is trying to, like, make a better life for, like, the world. Yeah. No, she's. Uh, unlike her entire family. Yeah. She's ridiculous but sincere. And, uh, you know, she is still around. Yeah. So. We'll see how that goes. Uh, then some weirdo who's been eyeing Polly and who we, we did kind of see earlier being weird. And he approaches and he's like, I see you're alone. And he's got a weird accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Polly's friend that she's been talking Which to. Which is Lizzie. Lizzie, okay. The secretary, right. formerly whore of Tommy Shelby. <laughs> yes. Uh, heads off. Because Polly had told Lizzie that somebody was eyeing her, but she had been looking at a different guy, not the weirdo that actually no, came up. She, well, she said two guys had been eyeing her, but one of them looked harmless. Right. And the other one did not look harmless. And the non... The non-harmless one? Boy. The, the harmful one? Yes, the harmful one. <laughs> came over. Yeah. That's a life in the Shelby's, I would say. <laughs> Uh, so Arthur heads up to the bedroom and finds the, uh, you know, sexual aftermath still continuing and is like, oh, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> um, How, what was he like? <laughs> oh, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep that up. That's very sexy. Thank you. Arthur's not sexy, Kelly. I don't know if you've noticed. No, but I don't like it when you impersonate him. <laughs> Damn it, it's a podcast, Kelly. I know. We I'm just to- saying, I've been known to have sex with you. <laughs> we have to impersonate everyone. Ugh. Right. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, because that's real sex. Right. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just following your directions. Anyway, Arthur says that uh, he's got his speech already. Tommy asks if he's drunk. Arthur says no, and so Tommy gives him some whiskey. Which, uh, yeah, maybe don't give Arthur whiskey ever, everyone. Yeah. Well, like, that is the position of Linda, yes. who is the woman that he's with. Right. Uh, who Tommy says is a good woman. Um, but I'm like, well, you need to decide, is she a good woman or should he be on whiskey? Because <laughs> I don't think Arthur can have both. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he beat that kid to death. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, he did. I, I remember that. I remember it. He tried to kill himself. I yeah. remember that, too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got real issues. Real legitimate problems yeah anyway this weirdo guy turns out to be a refugee from russia we had thought germany at first but well he had barely spoken yeah that's true but it wasn't really the right time in history for him to be german yeah that's true they were just hanging out well they were pretty sad (laughs) they were uh yeah and apparently thomas shelby has business interests in russia i know i did not realize that well, it's been two years. Yeah. He's, he's developed extensive business interests, it would seem. Uh, I mean, enough to have this mansion. Like, good lord. 
I mean, it's a pretty sweet mansion. Mm. Lizzie, down in some hallway, is complaining to, like, Arthur and... Michael. Michael, right. Uh, because that her man did not come with her, the man that she's seeing. Uh, apparently, the man is Italian, which the Shelbys aren't fond of. And apparently, in a staggering coincidence, his restaurant burned down the night before the wedding. Huh. Lizzie feels strongly that this was not a coincidence. <laughs> Well, there's apparently been a directive from Tommy right? that no one is supposed to fraternize, fraternize. with foreigners. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, no, because that's it's, – it's specifically they say you're – you know, you've got a position in the Shelby company. You got the order, same as all of us. Yeah. And also one of – but – and I guess the order was no fraternizing with foreigners. But like Arthur says something about how it's difficult, but they all do it. I'm like, it's not difficult for most of you. You're racist. <laughs> right. Exactly. That was always your rule. Well, and I'm assuming it has something to do with this Russian thing. Right. But still unclear as to what that means. Mm-hmm. So. There may be more to that that we're Lizzie's missing. upset. Michael, though. <laughs> Whew. Y'all. Michael has grown into a right Tommy Shelby 2.0. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I am loving it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We'll get to uh, the key scene with him. Well, I was going to say, it seems much more, like, age-appropriate for me, but I think I'm just, like, fundamentally stuck at a younger age than I actually am. That may be true. Um, I mean, you know, look, when two hearts connect, Kelly, (laughs) age is just a number. He's a fictional character on a television (laughs) show, and I'm loath to point that out. Back at the table... Uh, Arthur, I think, says, to the bride. Actually, Tommy says, to oh, the bride. Okay. And everybody says, a toast to the bride, to, to the, the bride, to the bride, to the bride, to the groom, to the groom, to the groom, from your sister, <laughs> Angelica. <laughs> Tony Awards, June 12th, y'all. Catch the fever. <laughs> right. Uh, so then Arthur gives up to give his speech. He's got... His words written on a piece of paper. Everything's going fine. Yeah. But he says, but first, I want to say a few words from the heart. Mm-mm. Uh, Tommy is very upset by this. Um, and I have to say, I'm pretty much on Arthur's side in the speech-related dispute throughout this episode, right? Because basically all he says is some basic like stuff about, hey, Tommy got me through some hard times. And as did the love of a good woman, meaning Linda. And now Tommy's got the love of a good woman. And so that's great. And then he says, even though the circumstance of their union was tragic or something along those lines. And that's when Tommy cuts him off. This is why I'm team Tommy. Now, I had suspected this up until this point because I was like, what happened to her? I think Tommy had Arthur and the goons kill Grace's husband. Mm hmm. And I don't think Grace knows that. Right. Although, given her attitude, <laughs> I think she certainly suspects it. Right. Um, I agree. But I think Arthur will say later, what do you think? I'm an idiot that I was going to say that. And I don't think that he was going to say that. I don't think there's any indi- – I think all he, they knew that the guy died. And according to – we learn later that the official belief on that side of the family is that it was an accident. So the circumstances were tragic. He died of a tragic accident. And it's You're not You're not approaching this from a type A perspective. And beyond that, 
Tommy was being all like dramatically emo and like, Ugh, I hate this speech, you know, even before he got up to anything that, you know, was at all, you know, dangerous. He was just trying to say some nice things about his brother and everybody like shat on him for it. And I don't think that was, I don't, you know, I get why it happened. Well, look, Tom, exhibit A. Arthur beat that kid to death. Nobody trusts him. Well, I understand, but there's no indication. I, look, I see no evidence in this episode to indicate that in this instance, their trust would have been misplaced. I think if they had trusted him on this subject, they would have been fine. He would have said a Here's few more what I words, would have done. and then he would have read the speech. When I'm Tommy Shelby, okay. what I'm going to do... <laughs> No, you just say, hey, Arthur, say whatever you want, but don't say a goddamn word about how we killed that guy. Mm -hmm. Don't even mention that guy. Don't talk about how Grace was married before. Nothing. None of it. Don't do it. Yeah. That would have, that would have been a good approach. They're not great at communication though. They're not. No, that's a real problem. (laughs) And that's, and I think that's a good and interesting dynamic between Tommy and Arthur. The way his, he both like depends on Arthur, but also doesn't trust him. And yeah. it's very like, well, it means literally every conversation they have is Arthur being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And Tommy tricking him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is no. not again, a solid basis for a partnership. <laughs> no, it isn't. But yeah, no, that's, it's very interesting and dramatically worthwhile. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Arthur kind of heads out. And we see his wife, Linda, comforting him. Is she a wife? Oh, I don't know if she's I his wife. I assume she was just his, you know, dick warmer. Maybe, but she talks so much about faith and sobriety, it just sort of seemed like maybe they were married, but maybe not. I don't know. I guess... I didn't... Yeah, I guess... Any, I just assumed Arthur wasn't the marrying kind. Right. You can be a woman who has premarital sex and still go on about all that crap. No, that I, that may be true. So, yeah. Arthur's woman. Marital status unknown. Um <laughs> She's reassuring him and telling them, oh, you know, it was, you had a beautiful speech in heart and et cetera. And then Tommy's like, hey, you know, screw off, Linda. Gotta talk to my brother. So they kind of fight about the speech and Arthur says that he wasn't going to say anything. He's not an idiot. And Arthur's had three shots of whiskey at this point and it's definitely showing. Yeah. But he also is very, he's like, I've had three shots of whiskey and I haven't had any more. I'm not, you know, that, that I've cut myself off. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they kind of squabble for a bit uh, and then they calm down and Tommy says that the Russians are there and he says that, uh, he says that the Russians are like, they operate differently. They see family as a weakness and they're going to attack him there. That's why they're there on his wedding night. But his family is his strength and he needs to use it against them. And he says that, so it's tonight. The Russians threw the smoke tonight. All right. Yeah. Great. Whatever that happens to Thanks me. Thanks a lot, Russia. <laughs> Back inside, people are dancing. Some of the snobs are commenting on the presence of gypsies and blacks. <gasps> Sounds like a great party. <laughs> it does. I would love that party. Mm. And I will say, Jeremiah doesn't get much to do. Yeah. He's around. I really yeah. want him and uh, his son, who's... Whose name we'll remember yeah, someday. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. Let's say Isaiah. Okay. I like it. I always enjoyed the <laughs> book of Isaiah, so... Yeah. Um, You know, I like them a lot, yeah. but I don't think we've ever seen them have a conversation together. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, you know, and so it goes. And I mean, like, I know, but I just like I want to see. They're minor characters, and he was the officiant at the wedding, and Isaiah, if that's his name, had a nice little 
you know, moment about around the cocaine earlier. He did. That's true. No, and I was thinking when we were watching it, I'm like, they're definitely ahead of Downton Abbey in terms of having black characters who are actually characters mm-hmm. and not plot MacGuffins to threaten a white woman's vagina. Right. And uh, not just black, as we will see later. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paul tells the weirdo that they're expecting <laughs> a code name. And he's like, oh, the name is Constantine. And she's like, huh, all right. And walks off. So uh, in the stable, Johnny Dogs in the stable. <laughs> is organizing a horse race. Hooray! Like, I it's thought, finally a wedding. <laughs> I thought they said no horse racing. And it's like, ah, I changed his mind. And, <laughs> I uh, love Johnny Dogs. Yeah. And he wants to run the book. And whoever it is that's there, maybe Michael. It's not my. That is, must be Finn because Michael's back. Oh right, at the right. house. So yeah, or so it must be Finn. Then is like, yeah, you can, but you have to give all the proceeds to the Shelby uh, charity or whatever yeah. it's called. And they're I like, think oh, it's the Shelby Charitable Foundation. Yeah, I think that's it. And they're like, oh, I thought that was made up. <laughs> it's like, no, he wants to be seen giving back to the community. And uh, Charlie snipes. Oh, he'll be Lord Mayor soon. And then uh, Finn says. Or maybe it's uh, maybe John. Maybe it's John. Anyway. They, might, they might both be there, actually. Yeah. But because anyway. They both, I think those two might be actually related. They, they anyway, might well be. Don't worry about it. Um, anyway, but he says, There's oh, a lot you know, of Shelby's that's the idea, isn't it? And <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, Charlie will be there the whole time being like, uh, this isn't as cool as it used to be. I miss your dad. <laughs> that layabout gypsy good for nothing. Glad you've employed me to complain for the last 20 years. <laughs> and shoo your horses. <laughs> uh, in some out-of-the-way location, Arthur greets and frisks the weirdo. <laughs> I just like that you keep calling him the weirdo. It feels like a, like a Kafka book or something. <laughs> kind of. That, that was Kafka's children's book. The Weirdo. The Weirdo. <laughs> it was about Kafka. <laughs> it was also his autobiography. One morning, little Franz woke up to find he had been transformed into a weirdo. And his mother said, Franz, you've been a weirdo all along. Come along. Let's go to church. <laughs> I assume. You've read all those books. I have, actually. <laughs> Tom loves Kafka, in case anybody was wondering. No, I mean, I... if. If I spent a couple days on it, I could really come up with, like, The Weirdo by Franz Kafka. I can sort of see how it then would go. Then do it, robot. Uh, it's not... We could do a Kickstarter. <laughs> if you're interested, let us know. Cousin I, Levi could do the illustrations. I will accept money for this project. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that Patreon going. Oh! It's going to be great. Oh, we're back, everybody. Scheming. <laughs> Plans that will never come to fruition. Woo! That's our promise. The shenanigan way. <laughs> uh, anyway, the weirdo comments that Tommy Shelby seems to trust his aunt more than his brothers. Which, dude, have you met his brothers? Yeah. Because his aunt is way more trustworthy. Yeah, she ran the thing for a while. Yeah. She, she earned it. She's so great. That's all I'm going to say about Paul this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. She's back in Paul form. <laughs> Uh, so Tommy sends his brothers off, and Weirdo says that Tommy's being watched everywhere, uh, and that's why he came on the wedding day, because it was, like, you know, his opportunity or whatever. Uh, Tommy asks where the money is. It is being... It's del- all about the money. <laughs> yes. It's all about the dumb. It is 10000 U.S. dollars. <gasps> Ooh, mm-hmm. I could use 10000 U.S. dollars. Yeah, plus... For the uh, production of uh, The Weirdo by Franz <laughs> Kafka. That's right. That by would, Tom Schneider. That would probably be sufficient. Yeah. All right. 
So now we've set our goal. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's being delivered. Apparently, the person funding the money only lets his family carry money around for him. So I something. thought the Russians were, like, not about the family. Right, exactly. So, like, hey. I mean, this is not a population of people that aren't a bunch of bigots. <laughs> That's true. I think if the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes of this episode have proved anything. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's... Uh, a woman coming with the $10,000, she's going to arrive at a train station, and Tommy's like, hmm, a woman alone with $10,000 in cash. That seems troubling. She has a revolver. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, yeah, all right. And he says, all right, we'll pick her up. And he says, the weirdo says who? And he's like, the police. This is our town. Yeah. And it was like, that was a real like. And then he's like, goodbye, small Heath. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, Camden Town. <laughs> Fuck you. Thornton Wilder. Yes. You forgot who wrote Our Town? I was, he also wrote In the Skin of Our Teeth, which was, uh, no, Rhinoceros was the Ionesco play in that Orson Shadow play. Listen. Yeah, look. I'm really getting my, you know, early 20th century uh, modern realist and surrealist playwrights confused. Which is why you, like everyone else, would be better off if Thornton Wilder had never been born. No! <laughs> vehemently disagree i just hate our town i almost got cast as emily one time but i bet my boobs were too big plus it was our town tom (laughs) i'm all about my ego okay (laughs) i don't care how shitty the thing i'm doing is you wouldn't have enjoyed the part where you die i would have so (laughs) you would not then she goes back well she's the rebel she says then she's like why are you all just sitting here and they're like "Mm, fuck you and she's like i'm going back and they're like have fun yeah and then she goes back and then she's bummed yeah see that's the part people stop paying that's the thing they stop paying attention to emily in the second act that's what you got to realize uh you pay hella attention to her when she says goodbye grover's i mean the people in the play it's all about how nobody pays attention to her anymore because the audience is paying double attention (laughs) god why don't you understand math Anyway, get your this, shit together. This has been our surprising discussion of our time. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, nerds. Uh, so we see the horse race going along. Tommy orders somebody to tell Johnny Dogs to make a big fire out in the woods for burning meat. So, you know, that's ominous, mm-hmm. I must say. Uh, and then to meet at the gatehouse, or to keep an eye on the gatehouse because Moss is coming with something. <laughs> Yeah. I hope it's a present. <laughs> it is, kind of. In some unused kitchen, Michael delivers cocaine to the cocaine-wanting girl. <laughs> <laughs> her name is Charlotte. Oh, okay. And I got so excited because I thought it was Charlotte Riley, and then I was like, wait, that wasn't her character name <laughs> <Right>. at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so bummer, but almost oh, is promising. Like, yeah. this is legitimate, actual sexual tension that's fun. Oh, yeah, this is a great scene. Uh, this is where you were saying about Tommy Shelby 2.0. Yeah. Because he is just, there's the- Well, he's gruff and he's like nihilistic and he's not betraying emotion. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's all like, oh, we call it Tokyo. And he's <laughs> like, we call it whatever the customer wants it called. And yeah. we're like, ah! No, and it's so great. Early I on- I lost my panties! <laughs> early on, she says, you don't look like the others. And he immediately says, that's the idea. Um, oh, and they have a whole thing about how, oh, you know, they've got a bright future mapped out for them, and she's going to marry a cavalry officer who's currently in Ceylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, but you want to try some things first. 
and uh so he and and so then it ends up he's given her a uh, pound note or whatever to snort the cocaine with and then she does she hands it back it's like oh you keep it and she's like oh like a whore and he leans back and it's like if that's the game you want to play oh my god tom lost his panties people <laughs> i did we're out of panties in our house oh god they're this, all gone this was a sexy sexy scene no and like mutually reciprocal Mm -hmm. there weren't years of angry baggage no (laughs) one had a dead husband yet like it was good times yeah they were both like hey we want to do this they're like hey we're young none of us was involved in that war that'll (laughs) never happen again (laughs) that's right uh yeah it was dope it's exactly the kind of like late teens early 20s (laughs) i wish i had had yeah except maybe for the cocaine part i've always been of the opinion that cocaine and me would not go well together. That's probably true. But, you know, you could have learned it from experience in your early 20s, like most people do. <sighs> Let's not talk about this anymore. <laughs> it's only got to bring back bad memories of people who had bad experiences with cocaine. So, um, no bad experiences with cocaine in this show, almost ever, really. Arthur. Well, Arthur, but he's just got bad experiences with everything. Yeah, it's true. He's, He's like the Charlie Brown of this universe. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Good grief. He's the Charlie Brown. Aunt Paul's the Lucy then, I guess. Uh, or Tommy. <laughs> I was going to actually cast Tommy as Linus. Yeah. Because he's so placid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jeremiah's Franklin, because of course. <laughs> um. Sure. <laughs> Ada's peppermint patty. Right? Yeah. She's looking for her Marcy, though. Yeah. I mean, come on. What's she trying to do being a communist without being a lesbian? Like, get it together, Ada. (laughs) Grace's little redhead girl. John is Snoopy. (laughs) And Finn is Woodstock. All right. There you go. And uh, Michael... Michael Spike. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. Let's keep moving. Yeah. We've already talked about Our Town and Peanuts. <laughs> what other far-flung cultural <laughs> reference points will we touch upon? It's impossible to say. Uh, so Grace, Grace greets Polly right. <laughs> by the punch bowl. And Polly is very nice to Grace. And Grace is like, oh, I see. Tommy told you to be nice to me. <laughs> and Polly's like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Like, See, I wish your mom was like this. <laughs> that would be great. I understand. If anyone could be like, hey, Betty, just be nice to Kelly, <laughs> and she would do it. That would have that would have been a great plan. That would have been a great plan. But it wasn't on the cards. <laughs> uh, yeah, so apparently uh, Grace learned in the post- post-coital moment of truth that royalist Russians are buying weapons to fight the Bolsheviks, <clears throat> and uh, with Churchill's support... Tommy thinks that this is a lost cause, which is very much true. It is five years after the Russian Revolution at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, you know, like, that that ship has sailed, royalist Russians. Comedy and uh, retaking your government are all about timing. <laughs> That's right. So just, like, wash up somewhere, live off rich people's sympathy, and, uh, you know, do coke or whatever. Like, yeah, have whatever, a good time. Wh- wherever aristocrats go, like, do that thing. I like that. Wherever aristocrats go, because they do always go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, this is why I don't have friends internationally. <laughs> I live or die with uh, the United States, so don't elect Trump. Yeah. 
anyway, uh, Polly is like, oh, well, did you know that it's already started? And Grace says, no, but you just told me. Which- Don't forget, I used to do this for a living. <laughs> no, you didn't. If you really used to do this for a living, then you would go find some dumbass to marry, which I know you already did. I, look, and I'm sorry that you did not realize the job description, but what you actually did in your previous job was serve as somebody that Sam Neill could jerk off thinking about. Mm-hmm. That was the extent of your value to him. Yeah, watch Mad Men. <laughs> Get it together. Uh, Grace. Grace. <laughs> Will we ever get tired of this? No. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have a lot of international friends now that I think about it. I know. (laughs) Many of them found through this podcast. I know. Hey, (laughs) y'all. What's up, world? So the uh, bride and groom have their official dance, and Grace asks Tommy to, like, not have anything happen that night. And as, as like a wedding vow, and he promises, and then heads off to the gatehouse. She's like, I don't pretend to know. And he's like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I promise. I'm also perfectly com- comfortable breaking my promises, so I don't know why you think. That's the thing. Like, yeah. Like, here's the thing. Okay, here's what I think about their relationship. Mm-hmm. If Grace had not betrayed him in the first season... Right. After they fucked for the first time and he mm-hmm. was like, Grace, will you help me with everything, you know, with life and the world? Yeah. Then she might have had some kind of shot. But I mean, the the offer on the table mm-hmm. was never for her to be the deciding vote. Right. In what Tommy Shelby gets to do. Indeed. And she has, for some reason, taken it into her head to decide that for herself. Yeah. And I think it's absurd. Yeah. Agreed. So out front, we see Moss, who just gets this one scene, but it was very enjoyable. He's great. <laughs> yeah. Like, that actor has to be chuffed. Yeah. Like, he's like, I had no idea that being a crooked policeman in this one season was going to turn into a multi-year gig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he introduces the Grand Duchess, you know, something. Tatiana. Yeah, something Ova or whatever, and uh, wishes Tommy luck with her. Tommy demands the money from her, and she says, well, what about Mr. Coletton, I think, which is the mm-hmm. weirdo's name? And Tommy reveals that he gave the wrong code name. The code name was not, in fact, Constantine. Mm-hmm. We'll never know what it actually was. We might. There's five episodes <laughs> left. It seems unlikely they would bother to bring it up, but hey. So, yeah. And so, like, the Grand Duchess, like, kind of pushes back a little bit, but Tommy's like, listen, this is the orders I got. I got very specific instructions from Mr. Churchill. No variations. He gave the wrong code name. End of story. He's a, you know, Bolshevik infiltrator. Yeah. So she's like, all right, money's in the car, and uh, John or somebody gets it and counts it, or Finn maybe. The Grand Duchess asks if... Then the Grand Duchess is like, oh... Mr. Shelby, can you kill? Who have you ever killed? Tatiana. Yeah. The main reason we watch this show is to see who Tommy Shelby's going to kill. Yeah. Also, who he's going to fuck. He's like, but, he's like, yes, I can kill. I do it all, literally I'm all the time. I'm doing it practically right now. Right. I'd kill you if I didn't think it would be a problem <laughs> for your insolence. Right. Yeah. Come on. Also, look at him. He doesn't look like somebody where you doubt his ability to kill. Right? Like, what have you ever done? Yeah. You showed up in Birmingham with a fucking revolver? Yeah, and a fur coat. Rich bitch. You get really mad about rich refugees. I do get mad about rich refugees. We probably shouldn't say any more about it. They could be listening. (laughs) 
Yeah, what are they going to do? They got kicked out of their country. And I'm not sorry for them. This reminds me of a song off of Lemonade by Beyonce. <laughs> Doesn't everything. Yeah, it does. <laughs> going to listen to it after we're done with this Man, podcast. it's been so long since we podcasted. I like, know. So much has happened. Yeah. Guys, Beyonce's Lemonade, so good. Yeah. But don't white-splain it to your friends. Don't do it. Right. I had that happen to me recently where somebody tried to white-splain it. And I was like, you don't get to say this. That's, yeah. It was offensive. I believe it. Uh, back at the house, the non-weirdo <laughs> is chatting up Polly. He's got a mustache. He does have a mustache. Call him mustache. Mm-hmm. We love calling people mustache. <laughs> so we see Tommy and Arthur pulling up somewhere, and Arthur is complaining about the situation, which is that... He's reviewing <laughs> the situation. Which is that clearly... And a fellow be a villain all his life. He... All the trials <laughs> and tribulations... Better settle down and get myself a wife. Arthur very much feels that sentiment. Yeah, great. Yeah. So skip to the next part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's the... And the wife will cook and sew for me and come for me and go for me. It's Sorry. again, as we were discussing, one of the many scenes in the series where Arthur's like, you know, I don't really like killing people. And Tommy's like, okay, now shut up and kill this person. <laughs> <laughs> like you all those times. <laughs> right. So that's more about, like, the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, the non-weirdo is named Reuben Oliver. Uh, and Oliver, Oliver. Right. What will he do when he's turned black and blue? But Oliver. he is not so white as the musical Oliver. Oh, wasn't he? No. That's a, I mean, it's a Spanish name. I don't know whether he's Spanish or whether he's, you know... Uh, from the New World, but he his name was Ruben, and he had a, a slight accent. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I didn't pay much attention. Once Paul said that he seemed harmless, I wasn't interested anymore. Right. Uh, but yeah, so he is a Hispanic character, which is cool. More than Doubt Abbey can claim. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, he introduces himself to Tommy Shelby, who is not at all interested, and uh, kind of cuts him off, tells Polly that, you know, Things are transpiring. Uh, Things are happening. <laughs> uh, then goes up to the band and requests that they play Ragtime. What plays is not Ragtime. Well, yeah. It's some modern-ass bullshit. Right. The subtitles immediately say rock music. Not boogie rock? No. Not fast not boogie fast, rock? <laughs> that's right. No, the, the musical subtitles, sadly, They are season, not as cool. And they didn't tell you what the songs were when they played. No, they didn't. So, Or uh, even do the lyrics. Yeah. A lot, so. lot less uh, fun detail to report on that front. Boo. We apologize. Uh, we get a shot of Arthur holding his pistol and being like, man, I wish I hadn't have to kill somebody, but I guess I have to kill somebody. Um, and then we see Ada in some room somewhere talking with the weirdo. And, well, and again, this is so like dimly lit that I thought it was Charlotte. Like this entire <laughs> episode, I was looking for Charlotte Riley around every nook and cranny. I was like, just kill Grace. <laughs> like showing up. Take the, what's yours. Showing up at the wedding like in The Graduate. She'd never get pregnant by accident. Tommy. <laughs> She'd never be so indignified. No, that's true. She'd say, come along. <laughs> Mr. Shelby. Uh, so Arthur comes in and tells the weirdo that there's a woman there to see him, meaning the Duchess. The Duchess. Uh, (laughs) 
So it's like, she's out by the stables, let's go. As they're walking along, Weirdo asks if he can use the lavatory, and Arthur's like... You can piss by the stables. Yeah, and the Weirdo's like, oh, so you're going to kill me. Mm -hmm. Got it. And, yeah, so then... Uh, Arthur kind of like shoves him down a flight of stairs, uh, and then there's a whole montage going on. There's a bare knuckle fight going on outside by firelight. I want to go to there. (laughs) Oh, y'all, they are cut. It is a list of all the things that Tommy said not to do in that scene earlier. Yeah, there's. I didn't see any fortune. I did not see any fortune telling, but otherwise everything else happens. Michael is fucking cocaine girl down in the kitchen. (gasps) Oh yeah. (gasps) Mm hmm. It's everything Uh, I could dream of and more. Yeah. Arthur's dragging the weirdo's body around. Who's not actually dead yet, but he's trying to get him to a more discreet place to finish him off. I feel (laughs) happy. Grace's uncle, who is the man that walked her down the aisle, is uh, watching the bare knuckle fighting. Yeah, he's toughing it up. Right. With Thomas is like, oh, you know, I feel like generals, you and me, watching our men do battle. And Thomas is like, shut up, you snobby bastard. What he actually says is, we're a bit close to the fighting for generals, though, eh? Yeah. Which is so great. It is so great. I really enjoy this show's uh, complete lack of, not even respect. It just doesn't give any legitimacy to the idea of war being glorious. Right, right, for sure. It doesn't have any time. for Like, it acknowledges yeah. the power mm-hmm. of people like Winston Churchill, who have, like, that kind of mm-hmm. pull. But there's nothing about war that makes them feel good. Right, right. You know, they chucked all their medals in the cut, didn't they? Like John Kerry. That's right. Uh, and then so the uncle says that he's uneasy about all the corruption and violence he's heard about Tommy Shelby. And Tommy says, just smile and drink your wine. That's what I'm doing. He says, drink the fucking wine. Then drink the fucking wine. Yeah. Not the regular wine. The fucking wine. The fucking wine. Well, that's wine. why he and Grace had to have sex. They drank the fucking wine too early. Yeah. Apparently, Michael did as well. Mm. Yeah. That's what I want. A second generation crime lord. <laughs> Get with it, Tom. <laughs> Sadly, Arthur, Arthur has only drunk the killing whiskey. The killing one. <laughs> uh, and so he continues struggling with Weirdo, who actually like gets a few licks in. Oh, yeah. like I mean, I was like, who's going to win? Like, yeah, it, it seems, was unclear. It was contested for a minute. I mean, it's yeah. episode one of the right. third season. Like, they're not going to kill Arthur until at least episode five. You wouldn't think, but they did uh, They did make it pretty ambiguous. But eventually, Arthur ends up with a gun, uh, and the weirdo is telling him not to shoot him, and Arthur's shouting, no, 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 uh, and then he shoots him. Uh, the cocaine girl hears this as Michael is fucking her, and she's like, what was that? Michael is like, uh, it's a car backfiring. Let's, let's go. Uh, and then, so that's the end of this, uh, dramatic montage, and then there's just this <laughs> Downton Abbey shot of the house. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. The murder years. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, people were having such amazing unprotected sex in those days. They sure were. I mean, granted, there was the syphilis. Right. Uh, and the pregnancy. Yeah. But, like, man... No, really, the, really it came about, like, the golden years were like the 60s and 70s. I, I'm well aware. But even then, like, it wasn't like birth control was great at that time. Yeah, that's true. Like, it was great for men. Right. It's <laughs> never been great for women. That's a very good point. We've never had our time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Up in the bedroom, Tom and Grace have some bullshit small talk about how this wasn't the day they expected or whatever. And Grace is still annoying. Uh, Rice. meanwhile, I'm back to make rice. Reuben 
uses a bottle of champagne to knock on Polly's bedroom <gasps> door. La la. And he's like, hey, you know, my, uh, my car broke down. You, uh, huh? Huh? And she's like, oh, and she's like, uh, you know, no. And he's like, well, you've got my card. You know, anytime you're in town, we could have tea. <laughs> <laughs> I always like the the person who like strikes out and then they're like, oh, maybe I can get it on the bunt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Polly does not let him in. She does take the bottle of champagne and then closes the door and we see that she was holding a gun the whole time. Because she didn't know if Weirdo was going to show up. Right. Or what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Linda is sad in church. Ar- Isn't everyone? <laughs> yeah. Arthur- waka waka. <laughs> we went to church recently. Yeah. Arthur finds her there, having apparently washed off the blood from the man he just murdered. Uh, so that was good thinking, Arthur. Linda tells him not to worry about... He's mentally unstable, not stupid. <laughs> He's not an idiot, like I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda says that he shouldn't be so worried about what happened with the speech. Linda, I think, may not be able to read facial expressions. <laughs> Uh, but she gives him this whole spiel about faith and sobriety being great. Uh, we're drinking right now. So yeah. Oh, clearly... man. It's great. Like, honestly, I'm like, I'm glad we're near the end of the episode. Not because... necessarily on Linda's side on that one. Gonna need an app. And then uh, Radiohead kicks in. <gasps> okay. Again. Steve Knight. <laughs> Musical choices. So on the nose. But for somebody who was a huge fan of Radiohead, mm-hmm. like right around the kid amnesiac yeah. years, mm-hmm. it's yeah because like they're playing you and who's army mm-hmm. and we see johnny dogs what i thought was lighting the fire uh-huh in right. fact they are extinguishing the fire mm-hmm. i'm like oh they're gonna throw the body on like right when the bridge kicks in nope yeah they're Just- shoveling up his pelvis and stuff mm-hmm. and burying it yeah then when the bridge kicks in it's everybody just leaving the next day mm-hmm. it's paul is wearing a dope ass coat mm-hmm. get in the car yeah they all drive to Small Heath. Mm-hmm. They come in, you know, to, to the, Shelby headquarters. That's right. Uh, the betting parlor. Yeah, yeah. Which is now presumably slightly more reputable. Somehow, yeah. But, you know, everybody's cheering and they're like, oh, you know, the boss got married, whatever. And <laughs> yeah. then Tommy and Paul have secreted that $10,000 away in their coats. Mm-hmm. They go into their vault. The phrase mad stacks. <laughs> Like, we're not at Scrooge McDuck levels in terms of volume. Yeah. But in terms of sheer value, the number of banknotes they had in there was yeah. inside. It is a walk-in vault full of fucking cash money. Like, it's just nuts. And so Tommy walks in with Paul, and they're taking out all the money and putting it down. And mm-hmm. he has told Arthur that he asked for American dollars so they can buy a wharf in Boston. Right, right. Go, you Irish. <laughs> um, anyways, but like they get in there and he tosses off to Paul and he's like, more money than all those fucking toughs combined, <laughs> eh, Paul? And Paul says, oh, and you want to gamble it on one fucking robbery. <laughs> and Tommy says, I'm a gambling man, Paul. <laughs> and he kind of like stands in there and like looks at it for a second. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it was made clear earlier that they're apparently stealing, stealing some tanks. As part of this yeah, whole deal. Yeah, so basically the point is Winston Churchill wants the Russian toffs mm-hmm. to have a quote-unquote fair shake. Right. Uh, Tommy, being the strategist that he is, is like, this is stupid, but right. and apparently they're getting $1 million. Yeah. $1 well, and, 
million dollars. <laughs> yes, and the British government, uh, not being composed of idiots like Churchill, is very much opposed to helping random Russian people try to retake their country, uh, since they clearly can never do so. So Churchill has to do all this sort of thing, like on the down low, and that's why he's he's brought in Tommy Shelby because he is the underworld world guy that he's familiar with. Here's what I'll say about this show, because this is the end, mm-hmm. and we kick back right. into yeah, yeah, Red yeah. Right Hand, mm-hmm. which remains just a great choice. It does. Uh, such a great choice. What I like about this show is that it's a firmly working class show, mm-hmm. which is why I think that first recapper from The Guardian hated it. Yeah, yeah. Because, listen, I've got my pretensions, <laughs> but I'm still, like, a redneck gal, mm-hmm. you know? So when I'm seeing a bunch of cut-ass dudes bare-knuckle box, <laughs> I'm like, bring me a box of wine. Let's do this. <laughs> like, I'm not made of stone. Yeah. And it's that way about, you know, just the small pleasures in life. But also, Tommy Shelby doesn't give a fuck about the... Like, he understands the power of the government. Mm-hmm. But really, nothing that Tommy Shelby has done is any more or less im or amoral than anything the british government did mm-hmm. from the beginning of world war one to the present day yeah yeah so you know his attitude and my attitude generally is give the money to a person who's in the neighborhood mm-hmm. i mean we act like having a president or a king or whatever insulates people from the terrible decisions that they have to make in those positions mm. but like tommy shelby deciding to kill this russian guy is no different than any number of calls that like Barack Obama has had to make mm-hmm. in the course of his tenure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have somebody is the person who decides who dies. Yeah. And that sucks about humanity, but it's the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I like how working cuz I mean they don't believe in communism. No, no. But I mean it is a very not exactly socialist, but you know what I mean? It's very it's it's, it's bottom up governance yeah, that they it, believe yeah, in. It certainly is. And it's yeah. It, I mean, it's mainly just doesn't think that the government's doing any good for anybody. Well, nor does it think that the aristocracy is any more valid than the gypsies. Right, right. Like, yeah. the customs of those toffs are as incomprehensible mm-hmm. to the Shelbys and their ilk as the Shelbys, except all those toffs, they want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, none of well, them want to wear a fucking uniform and get up on a horse. Right. And there's a big, there's a point made early on about how they're really annoyed that they all came in uniform, mm-hmm. even though, like, of course they did. That's what they do. But, you know, apparently some of the Shelby's thought that they wouldn't come in uniform and were all pissy about it. Well, they're the king's Irish mm-hmm, was the mm-hmm. thing, yeah. which we didn't even get into. But right, because remember, yeah. Grace is from Northern Ireland, right? 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 So right. her whole family is people who are loyal to the king. Mm-hmm. Uh, what with the Irish troubles, yeah, and that doesn't sit well with the uh, Shelbys, who mm-hmm. granted are expats from Ireland, but yeah, which is another great argument against this marriage. <sighs> like, what is there going to be a pipe bomb in their bed? Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, like, not a ton happens in this episode by Peaky Blinder standards, um, but... It's a nice table setting. Yeah. We know, we know what the heist is for the season. Mm-hmm. Gonna be sad if there's no Tom Hardy, honestly. Yeah. Artie Solomon's one of the great characters in this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Lizzie, potentially, has more to do, yeah, which I'm always in favor of. That may well be true, yeah. Um, hoping for more from Jeremiah and Isaiah. We've dubbed him Isaiah. You say Isaiah. I say Isaiah. (laughs) It's called a holding Isaiah. 
All right, let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be back next time. Mm-hmm. By order of the Peaky Blinders.